Thank you. Good morning, ladies. Well, that was fun. Um, it's so good to be with you. Welcome back. I hope that you all had a great holiday season and a happy new year. So welcome to those of you who are returning and a big gigantic welcome to those of you who are here for the very first time. We're so glad that you've decided to join us for Matthew. And um, now for those of you who were with us for Seamless was the study that we did in the fall. And we covered all the way from Genesis to Revelation. Remember? And it was just kind of the umbrella view. And how many times did we wish, oh, I just want to go in more in-depth in a book, right? Well, today we get to do that. Starting today, we're going to be in-depth here in the book of Matthew. And before we start, I'm just going to have us pray and just uh, take a moment to catch our breath and just to pray to our great God. Great God and Father, we praise your holy name. We worship you and your goodness and your majesty. And we are grateful for this Tuesday morning, for this time to be together. We thank you for your word and pray that you would keep our ears and our hearts open to what you have to say to each one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, as we are starting here in Matthew, we... We get to study God's word, and we get to remember, we get to learn about who he is. And I would just encourage you, just as Marie gave you the outline as to doing your study, however you decide to do that, your study for the week, just remember that as you're reading God's word, we are looking to get to know him more. That's, that's what we're finding out. What does, what does what I'm reading tell me about God? How, how, what do I get to know of him more? Because do you remember, the more we get to know him, the more we what? The more we love him. The more we love him, the more that we will serve him and obey him and follow him. That's our goal. That's what we want to do. We want to have our hearts changed to be more like Jesus. So as we come to his word, whether we're studying as a group or you're studying on your own, remember, we're looking to see what is this telling me about God? What is it telling me about God? And then that changes the way that how we, how we look at everything when we see things through God's perspective. And I just want to encourage you in that way that remember that we are looking to see God revealed. God reveals himself through his word. How exciting is that? And we have it right in front of us. And as we look at Matthew, Matthew comes after... 400 years silence. As we read the Old Testament and we learned all about how uh, God created the world and people and then his chosen people, the Israelites, and how he um, was their God and how 
they would follow him and worship him, and then they would what? Then they would fall away and disobey. And then he would send prophets to call them back, come back and remind them of his great love. And then they would come back and fall away. And all along this time, he is having the prophets speak of the promised one. There is one who is going to come to save Israel, to save the people of the world. A savior, the king, he is going to be the king of the Jews. And the Israelites are waiting, and they're waiting, and the prophets are prophesying about where he'll be born, and what he'll do, and things that he'll say, and so much. And they're waiting. And then in Malachi, the last prophet, the book closes. And there's silence. And they're still waiting. They're still waiting for their promised Messiah, the Savior, the King. 400 years. That's a long time. I was thinking about this. 400 years. Because I found that over the past maybe year, I've been waiting for some things that I've been requesting of the Lord and looking for his answer to his promise. And he hasn't answered it yet. Or may I say, it hasn't been in the way I would expect or the way that I wanted, or the way that I am sure would be the best. And I could see how sometimes, I don't know, are you waiting for something? Have you been waiting a long time for something? It could be a hope or a dream for you or your children. It could be for healing could be for some peace. The list goes on and on and on, doesn't it? What can happen in the waiting? I find that in the waiting, and sometimes I get very restless. I can even get a little negative and a little snippy. And kind of a little even resentful. I know my way is a good way. The way I'm thinking that this should be, it would be good. But God. Let me ask you this. This is what he's asking me. Will you still trust me in the waiting? In the 400 years, that feels like 400 years, will you remember what you have learned about me and who I am? Will you cling to those truths? Will you play those tapes over and over? Not the ones about doubting 
or wondering, do you really care? Is it good? Those are lies from the pit of hell. The truth is, God is good. And God is in control. And he is sovereign, even in the waiting. And his heart is for our good. His heart is that we will be more like his son, Jesus Christ. That we will know him and love him more. Those are the big things, ladies. Will our hearts wait for that? Oh, Lord, may my heart become more, more sensitive to you, more loving and clinging to you, even when I cannot see, even when it feels like 400 years. Because here's the truth. After 400 years, the gospel of Matthew the gospel, the good news. Gospel is good news. The good news breaks through. All in Matthew, all the prophecies, the promises are fulfilled in the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel, the good news of the life of Christ the Savior, the Messiah, is here. It breaks the 400 years of silence. God is true to his promises. He keeps his promises. I was thinking, what, what do we do to, to, to seal a promise? Like when we're girl, young girls, did, did you do your little pinky promise? I promise that I'll, I'll, keep, I'll do it, I promise. Or goodness gracious, did we do that? Cross your heart. And all the rest of those words. I'm going to get that. Did, did, I, did I teach this to my cat? What? But we cross our heart. We did our little peaky promise. Those are our, our little promises here. What does God do? God gives his word. He speaks and he says, I will do it. The God of the universe says, I will do it. And he does. And he is faithful and true over and over. And here it is in the Gospel of Matthew. We have Jesus Christ, the King has come. The King has come. Matthew's purpose here, his, his heart was speaking to the Jews and to show them and to convince them and to have them know that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus is. Here he is. He's the promised one. He is the fulfillment of all the prophecies and the promises of God. It's right here. That's what Matthew's purpose is, is to let them know. It, Matthew, the gospel of fulfillment, if you would like. The gospel of fulfillment. Here it is. And how exciting is that? How exciting. Their king had come. 
He might not have looked like what they thought he would or come with all the blazing glory. They were under the control of Rome at this time. So wouldn't you think they would be hoping for what? That the king would come and overthrow Rome and there would be Israel, the nation above all nations. But God was coming with his savior and king to free people from the bondage of sin. From the bondage. 400 years. Do you remember another 400 year period of time? We have to go way back to Exodus. And the Israelites were in bondage to the Egyptians for 400 years. They were waiting and calling out and asking God to, to send their, their Savior, someone to rescue them. Do you remember who he sent? Moses. Isn't that interesting? 400 years of bondage and captivity. And the Lord, he used his servant Moses, but it's God who led the Israelites and freed them and fought their battle for them. God saved them. And now here it is. After 400 years, God is sending the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, to save us from the bondage of sin and slavery to sin and death. so exciting to me. And we get to see it, that the Messiah has come, Jesus, his name Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. God in the flesh with us. He has arrived. The king is here. And so Matthew gives the most complete account of Jesus' life, birth, life, death, resurrection. Comprehensive of Jesus' teaching and his miracles and his service. Matthew is giving us this whole picture. We, we're going to get to see this. Jesus, the one that everyone has been waiting for, and we are going to get to see him up close and personal. I love this statement here. Because as Matthew was writing for the Jews to see that the prophecies were fulfilled, the promises were kept, he would refer back to the, to the Old Testament, to what they were, and then remind them. And I love this quote. You have it on your paper there. It's from Henrietta Mears. And she is talking about this very fact. Matthew's statements are facts, and no critic or unbeliever can doubt them. 
The gospel narrative sets its record in the solid foundation of history. We are not building our faith on a myth, but on substantial fact. The events did not happen in a dark corner, but in the broad daylight, and the entire book of Matthew, she's talking, referring to at this point, and the entire book is not afraid of the geographer's map and the historian's pen. She is referring to the fact that Matthew is clear where Christ was born, who was ruling at the time, what was going on, specific places, so that they could be verified. He was quoting the Old Testament prophecies so that the Jews could verify. He's making it clear for those Israelites, this is the one. And then for those who would come, as we look back, there really was a Herod. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. It is a plenty, real place. All these things, these points of history, these people that he is bringing into his narrative, they're verifiable. He's not just creating a story out of nothing. In the uniqueness of Matthew's gospel, he is the one that uh, most quotes the Old Testament 29 times, for those of you who like numbers. 13 times, this is interesting, I think. 13 times he says, this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Thirteen times he said, this has taken place to fulfill what the Lord had what? Said, his spoken, God gave his word to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. He so wants his the people to be sure that Jesus Christ is the one that they've been waiting for. <clears throat> he focuses on Jesus as king. His theme is Jesus as king and Jesus and his kingdom. We're going to hear a lot of that throughout our study. A lot of that. And then he also wants, wants us to know that those who belong to Christ, his kingdom people, if you will, how are we to live? What does that look like to be a member of God's kingdom? That's coming. That's coming in Matthew. And we're going to hear it from Jesus Christ. As he tells of his kingship and as he tells of his kingdom, And as he is calling us to be like him, to be like him. And I just love that the gospel of Matthew, the gospel that comes after the silence, is the good news. It's the good news. And I just hope that 
that as you look at your Bible every week and as you do your study, that you'll remember that the gospel of Matthew, the good news, is all wrapped up in. When you hear the word gospel, that means good news. The good news, it's not just any good news, like, yay, we had sun yesterday. That was good news. But this good news is specific with gospel. It's specifically all wrapped up in the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel is wrapped up in the salvation that we have through Christ. That we are reconciled, that we are made right with God through Jesus Christ. That we can have peace with God, that we are forgiven. That salvation our eternal hope that we will be in heaven with God forever. It's all wrapped up in the gospel. Because ladies, that is the best news. That is good news. And that's what Matthew, that's what the gospel of Matthew, the good news, is bringing to us. Just as we look um, at a little perspective, just a little perspective. Matthew will find is, as I've said, speaking to the Jews and wanting them to be sure that this is the Messiah. He is the fulfillment of prophecy. He is the king. And we're going to see many references to the kingdom in the sense that Jesus is heralded by John the Baptist as king. Jesus, his, the way he teaches, he teaches with authority as a king. We're going to learn so much about that from Matthew's perspective. Just, just, this is just a quick little thing, just so that you have uh, a little clarity on your other gospel. The gospel of Mark, his heart is to show Christ as the servant. Luke. His gospel, his good news about Jesus shows the side of the, the Son of Man that, that he can relate to us on a human aspect, that he is the Savior. And John, the gospel, the good news that John shares about Jesus is that he is God in flesh. He is God's Son. And so as we read... As we study Matthew, we're going to remember that he is heralding Christ as the fulfillment and as the king. And as we study, ladies, we're going to hear Jesus' words and his teaching, and we're going to wrestle with some of it. And some of it is going to be challenging. Some of it is going to be uplifting. And we're going to study together and know our great God more. We're going to, we're going to see the promised one, the king, face to face right here in these words. Jesus asks his disciples. And I think that this is a good question for us to ask ourselves as well. 
as we are studying his word and coming together. Jesus said, Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? In other words, who do the people? He asked his disciples, Who are the people saying that I am? Oh, they say you're Elijah. Or that you're, you're a great prophet. Because people think a lot of different things about Jesus. But his disciples are up close. And we're going to be up close. And Jesus is going to be posing this question to us over and over. But, who do you, who do you, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Ladies, as we study and as we get to see God revealed in this book of Matthew, ask him if, if you don't know or if you're not sure or we have doubts, or if we're wondering, or if we're waiting. God, show me. Show me who you are. Show me who you are. And he will do it. We love Peter's answer. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He boarded it out. He couldn't even hold it in. And that's my prayer for us, ladies, that as we get to know God more and love him more, that when Jesus says, but who do you say that I am, that our hearts will just overflow and it will just come out of this. That is, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And I love you. And I will serve you with all that I am. Lord, Show us yourself. Move us to be more like Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.